0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Nolan Financial Radio with Tara Nolan.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Nolan Financial Radio. My name is Tara Nolan. And if you are new to the show, I just want to take a minute and welcome you. We have a lot of fun with this show. It's educational and we we show you different examples. Last time we were talking about financial follies and I kind of think we actually talk about financial follies every time because there's nothing better than learning from someone else's uh, mistakes, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) If if you're new though, I would just encourage you to, if you have a question or you want to set up a complimentary appointment, give Chris and I a call at 719-210-4242. That's 719-210-4242. And you can also visit our website, www.nolanfinancialpartners.com. While you're there, you can actually set up a discovery call right through the website. But you can also check out past radio shows because we record these and we do topics all the way from Medicare, Social Security, 401k, small business planning, kind of if it's related to finance, we've done it because setting yourself up for financial success starts with being able to ask good questions. And so that's what this is all about. Before we jump into our show today, though, I wanted to say hello to my amazing co host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm doing pretty
0: good, Tara, but uh, I was trying to adjust the lighting, thinking it could help, something could help this mess. Uh, I just, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> lighting isn't going to help uh, today. My glasses are causing shadows. So I was, uh, you know, Tara, I was built for radio. I've told you that before. <laughs> I've talked about this. Uh, we talked about this. I'm built for radio, not video. But nowadays, you you got to hit all formats. And uh, I know videos become really popular. And I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing the show live so people can watch i mean you know i think they're watching you and getting the advice from you and i'm along for the ride so hopefully (laughs) (laughs) you can always the people can always tape a a a paper up over my half of the screen if they need to we're we're being paid
1: for our information tony not our looks
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm only getting paid for my voice that's that's what i've got and that's happening so uh that's that's important Instead of
1: being a hand model, you're a voice model.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) and sure the old the the golden pipes, yeah, so to speak. So, uh, Tara, how have you been? What's going on over there?
1: Uh, You know, Tony, just it's it's uh, everything's going. I'm I'm slowly heading to the March 29th is the launch date for my book. And Tony, it's been like it's really been a solid two years at this point. From, you know, conception to, you know, with the first rough drafts to starting the outline and and doing my book writing workshop and getting better at storytelling. Because, you know, I'm a very engineer type thinker and I really have had to work on using a story first because what I realize is I already have the picture in my head and I need to communicate with you. I need to build the picture in your head first and and then we can get to the punchline where I just want to go right to the punchline. And so... It's, it's like a forever process, learning how to communicate. So anyway.
0: Well, yeah, it is a long process. You said two years. And believe me, I know we've been doing the show this whole time. And we started talking about you doing a book two years ago. And I love how it's even uh, how it's morphed and changed over those two years. Uh, I mean, you had an initial goal. But I remember you. start. I think you started by writing a thriller. It was almost like a Stephen King thriller you were writing. <laughs> and now and then. <laughs> and then it turned into some kind of autobiography. And now it's a book to help people with their about wealth and finances and life. So uh, I'm kidding. It wasn't, it wasn't ever, you went from fiction to nonfiction over those two years. That's, that's what's crazy. You were, I don't know how this mystery thriller novel, you wanted to be the next, uh, I, I don't know who the big Lee Childs or Harlan Corbin or whoever oh, these Lord. guys are. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so the but it is, the book is going to be definitely different. It's not going to be just your normal how-to financial book. There's plenty of those out there. Yeah. So this one's actually going to have stories and case studies and, and be yeah. a lot more relatable to especially the non-financially minded person. Sure. Because because we all need it. That's the thing. Yeah. So we're all now responsible for our own retirements, like Eat it or not. Yep. And, and so it really doesn't matter if you like it or you're good at it it's something that needs to be happening. And that's why I always encourage work with a professional because you can delegate out the things that you're not good at. You don't have to. Yep. I, I, I got this piece of advice a few years ago and I really liked it, Tony, because, you know, you spend time in school and college and, and your job trying to get better, get better right. at things, hone your skills. And and I was working with a business coach and he said, OK, now you've reached the point in your life where you kind of know what you're good at go towards those things, do those things. And then, contract out, bring people on your team to do the parts you're not good at. Stop trying to do the things that you're not good at and know
0: your weaknesses and limits and to work with those. Yeah.
1: And I love that. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I have permission to finally stop trying (laughs) to to practice that thing. I'm never going to be good at. Sure. And and like, I can tell you like for Chris, like one of the the challenges we always have is I'm like, you got to write things down because he's really smart. So he holds everything in his head. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't help me when you're not here. We yeah. got to have things written down. <laughs> and and so that's it's been wonderful having a virtual assistant just to help with those, you know, keeping up with all those kind of things. Uh, and because, Chris
0: is really smart by the way. Yeah, he's a sharp guy. Yeah, but yeah. some yeah, but it is it's a, he he can keep everything up here and that doesn't work for everybody in every situation.
1: Sure. Well, it doesn't just doesn't hurt, help when you're not. He's not there.
0: Yeah, And so it true. becomes
1: a limiting thing. And, and so I love, you know, we brought virtual assistant into our team and so they can take care of like, I can say, take care of all these ankle biters. Cause I've got these other things I'm going to take care of. Right. Like the radio show,
0: <laughs> like the radio show. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, and it comes down to that, like what makes more sense that I'm being creative and focusing on communicating for the radio show or that I'm sitting in front of my email answering, you know, Oh, nope, that's spam. Nope, that's spam. That's not a good use of my time at this point. Right.
0: So. Right.
1: So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you've been busy. But- you and Chris have been busy. I like it. Um, And I think that's great. And obviously, you know, the message, especially last week, talking about financial follies and mistakes to avoid. Uh, the key is work with a financial Professional, a financial services professional, someone like yourself and Chris, uh, for our listeners out there. But what are we talking about today? Today we've got kind of a different topic that we haven't touched on in a while, uh, or or very little. And I think it's it's a fascinating
1: one. It is, and I'm actually so Tony. We're going to be talking about how do you prepare to be an executor of a will. And then we'll probably weave in a little bit of long-term care insurance. But I'm really interested to do this topic, Tony, because I have been named the executor for my mom's will. And I have a large family. I'm the oldest of six. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's one of those, what's the joke? Take someone that you like the least and make them the executor of your will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sure your mom still loves you. Although it may not seem like it since she gave you that job, but
1: (laughs) I love that line. Right? Well, and it's the thing is, it's it's like no good deed definitely goes unpunished. And yes, and I can tell you, I just wanted to share a story. I don't know what everyone's probably had a different experience, but you know, when someone's death happens, it, it tends to bring out the worst in people sometimes. And, yeah, because know, their people, emotions
0: are running high. And, yeah, yeah. It,
1: but the people in your family who you thought were the kindest, gentlest people can all of a sudden yeah, get a little pushy or, yeah. you know, they want a little peace. And, and I have a client and, and they came from a large Irish Catholic family. And um, at the will, my, my one of my uh, the, one of her brothers obviously was the executor. And when it came time for the will, he just said, you know what, we're just going to divide everything, everything evenly and 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 one of his sisters she was like you know kind of the mousy quiet just kind mm-hmm. of you know go along yep. she demanded she wanted to hear the will read and he's like no i we'll just we'll just divide everything evenly and she demanded it and so they read the will and she had been cut out of the will she oh no her, her mom said she had given her enough money during her lifetime that she had gotten enough and she didn't get anything.
0: Oh, wow. And so Yikes.
1: <laughs> it's, it was, you know, the, the, her brother was trying to do the generous thing and say, let's just yeah. divide it equally. And. You know, and then there was the consternation about do we keep the house, it's the family house, or do we sell the yeah. house, you know, on all that.
0: There's so many aspects to this, aren't there?
1: But you just, it, it's its hard, and it's, it, for whatever reason, it just brings out, I guess people think maybe it's like winning the lottery potentially, like I'm going to get an inheritance or whatever. You know, just don't be surprised if you're in this situation as an executor and you're dealing with some people's emotions that you might be a little surprised
0: Well, yeah. And I think probably a lot of our listeners out there, Tara, probably expect to become an executor of an estate at some point from a family member or their parents. And, uh, you know, there's got to be a lot of listeners out there who are going to find themselves in this situation. You don't think about it or think you might, but you'd be surprised. And and I think that uh, a lot of us obviously would want to take that task on for somebody we care about, but it can be intimidating. And I think people don't realize how much work it is because my sister-in-law my wife's dad passed away this last year last Mm. year and um it was cancer and you know it's a tragedy he was a great guy uh but there's three kids uh her her um her and her sister and her brother and um her brother He's really busy, has a career, and he's he's not that involved. He's a great guy, but he just isn't that involved, and he's not the kind. He's really laid back and just, you know, casual kind of guy. He's not going to take charge, and uh, Sarah offered to help, but uh, Stacy's more take charge, and she took over as the executor, Well, it's a big, she's still sorting through it. I mean, it's a, Mm -hmm. it is a lot of work and I'm hearing what she has to do and the hoops you have to jump through and all the things. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. This is something that's important to talk about on the show because I don't think people realize what goes into it.
1: I know. And and you, you, why would you? Because it's, it's like one of those additional tasks and you know, there are people that do this professionally, but I always tell my clients, I'm like, okay, you need to have a will and, and I don't need to know what's in your will, but someone needs to know where it is. Yes, and and probably your, a
0: couple of different people.
1: Right, and as your financial planner, I would like to know where the will is so that I can point your executor to it. Because I'm going to be one of the first people the family will come to when yes. it comes to comes to that situation. And 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 it starts out with having to look all those critical documents up. So the will being yep. the most important one, and then you know. With my clients, I do a from the heart journal where they fill out all this information in case they pass with, you know, bank account information, passwords. You know, we our life today. If you don't have a password, forget about it.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And and so the more that you can do to prepare all that kind of information, the more you will help help your family members and help everybody uh, with what they're doing, because it's just on and on. I can tell you, I helped one of my clients through the process. She was um, older older and and didn't have any family in the area no kids and it was just like just simple things like getting the death certificate and she wanted to pay off her husband had a a brand new sports car and she wanted to pay off the note and the bank wouldn't let her pay off the note until she provided a death certificate and it was just like it was a process and then
0: that's one thing that uh, stacy ran into my wife's sister is uh, that's a big tip that a lot of people don't know about. And I've learned uh, from talking to you and other people who have been executors over the years. When the person passes, a lot of times the funeral home will take care of getting you de- get death certificates and you need multiple. Uh, right. You w- always want more than you think. Like they think, well, you know, we'll get four. No, nope. no. Nope. Nope. Ask for multiple. Pay for extras. Get because every to in order to do anything, you're going to have to show a de- especially with accounts that need to be paid off and banking institutions. Anything like that, uh, you're going to mm-hmm. need a death certificate. Yeah, I just want to throw right. that out there. Yeah.
1: You no, know, and I would foot stomp that because that was just like nothing. Nothing could happen until that was done. And and so it was just, yeah, it, it was quite a process. And then, you know, depending on the estate size and complexity, it can just get more and more complicated from there. And so uh, there's art you know, you can actually, the thing is is, is if you're appointed the executor, you don't have to know how to do everything. And I would just encourage you to remember that you don't have to know how to do everything your job is to just kind of see what the big picture is and make sure things are happening. So sure. you can, you can reach out to, you know, an, a lawyer or an accountant or, you know, kind of whatever question you have. It's just, you want to think of yourself. You're like the coach. You're yep. the coach making sure that everything's happening and all the things, but don't, Some people I see, Tony, they'll really struggle because all of a sudden they're spending hours on Google and researching, trying to figure out how to do everything. And and if you're busy and you have your own family and your own job, you may not have time for that. So I would just say, give yourself permission to bring in the experts as you need them to help you manage the whole situation. Because being an executor, just remember, you're just appointed to make sure it's all happening. doesn't mean you all of a sudden have to become the expert on everything.
0: Sure. Sure. That is true as well. So, uh, and you mentioned something earlier about, you know, family members, and it can bring out the emotions. And uh, what, what do we do? What's something um, our listeners can do if emotions run high and they're an executor? Because that's probably going to happen. There's always somebody who's going to be upset about something
1: so first of all prepare yourself just expect it if it doesn't happen yeah. then that's good but just kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take your deep breath prepare yourself ahead of time and expect it to happen but then that's where you get to back into the the will and say you know what yeah this is not me this this, this is not my opinion this is not my idea i am yeah. just executing the will here as it is written and, and just stick and go back plan. to that yeah just stick to the plan and um, that's why, you know, when I'm talking with, you know, with my clients, I'm always trying to help them be as the kindest thing you can do for your family is be very well-prepared because at the time of reading your will, that's not when you want people are not in a good emotional state to be figuring out details. Yeah. What they just want is a list of here's the things you need to do. And, and so stick to the plan. Um, don't be afraid to, to, to lock up the house while the will's being read and getting everything organized. And and it doesn't have to be done in a hurry either. So, you know, you can take, you can take a breath, take a minute and and just kind of go through the process and just make it a process.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. Uh, I, in fact, it's it's critically important, and uh, obviously that makes me think. Really, the best thing that's going to make all this easier is if there was a pl- having a plan in place ahead of time. Work with a financial services professional alongside maybe an estate planning attorney, and you think, oh, that takes time and money, and people. That's the biggest thing people put off because nobody likes to think about, uh, you know. Uh, their demise or the loss of a spouse, but, uh, or their parents, but you've got to communicate with each other, with your spouse and your parents uh, and the, it, about these situations in case, and you've got to have wills and a living will and powers of attorney. The powers of attorney are a big part of this too, aren't they?
1: It, it really makes everything clear because anything that's not clear, the state's going to get involved essentially is what's going to happen. And, sure. and so so a decision will be arrived at, but you can really streamline the process and set your family up for success by by preparing and, and doing those things. So that's nice from the end of what you can do. But if you're the executor who's on the receiving end, then you're going to have to make the best of what you've gotten. And so that right. first case, so that first step is you want to gather all the right documents and kind of mm-hmm. make sure you have the big picture. And then once you have that just like we do with financial planning, Tony, then you kind of go, oh, OK, I feel like there's some things missing here. And then that's yeah. where you might want to pull in, you know, an attorney or a CPA or somebody to say, OK, I feel like there's some gaps here. How do we cover these gaps and, sure. and, and figure out what the what all the pieces are that need to happen?
0: Yeah. And uh, that's why it's beneficial if the person had been working with somebody like yourself, uh, because then you know where these documents are and where they're at. Uh, And speaking of that, let's take a minute. Let's take a little break here to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you and talk to you and Chris. And I know you work alongside estate planning attorneys that you can recommend. So if people have questions about this, uh, how can they set up that complimentary consultation with you and Chris?
1: Sure, Tony. The number is 719-210-4242. 719-210-4242. And Tony, you know, as we're having this conversation, you're just reminding me that I need to actually, as part of my annual review that I'm getting ready to do with all my clients, we need to go back and revisit the From the Heart Journal and make sure that people have done that. And um, because that's not something that you ever want to do. It's never at the top of your list. Right. I, I'm, I'm making a note to myself that I'm going to sit down with my clients and make the list of who's done it and who has it, and make sure, you know, it's a naughty list. <laughs> but, yeah. but for anyone listening, if, if this is something that you haven't done, um, give Chris and I a call 719-210-4242. And part of our complimentary consultation, if you mention it on the show, I'll, I'll walk you through the From the Heart Journal so that you can make sure that you're getting your ducks in a row, you know, for yeah. your family.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's good talking about um, uh, being an executor and wills and trusts and powers of attorney. um, There's a lot there. There's a lot to know. And so I would highly recommend our listeners give you a call. Now uh, you mentioned, you wanted to talk a little bit about long-term care and I know we've talked about long-term care before on the show. Um, here's why I'm just going to throw this out. Now, Medicare doesn't really cover long-term care, right? Correct. Yeah. So how do, when you meet with people and you're coming up with a plan, how do people pay for long-term care? Because I've, I know as a fact from my father-in-law who passed and uh, my mom was in long-term care for a while. And my uh, mother-in-law, I know it can cost uh, around, it could cost as much as $12,000 a month. So how in the world can you possibly prepare for that?
1: Well, you know, Tony, I see that there's basically three basic ways that I see people do it is the first way people basically just go, I'm just going to self-insure. I'm just going to save money. And part of my retirement nest egg is going to be for long-term care. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people go down a path of buying long-term care insurance. And that kind of works like car insurance that if you use it, great. If you don't use it, you're, you don't get your money back. And the strategy that I like to do that builds momentum is looking at a whole life policy that will allow you to be converted to long term care if you need it. But then if you don't need long term care, you still keep control of your money. So, mm. you know, I talk with people about long term care and in the Air Force, we used to call it operational risk management. You know, but before we would get in the airplane and go fly any mission, we had to fill out a sheet and go, you know, what's the risk? You know, how much sleep has everybody had? How experienced is the crew? Do we have any brand new co-pilots or engineers? You know, and, and kind of as a crew, before we went on the mission, we said, okay, here's the level of risk that we're dealing with, so that we were very clear about it. And and long term care is one of those conversations I want people to understand is when you're healthy, you're kind of like, I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> feel fine (laughs) right
0: that's true and 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 people don't like to think about it and people think well that's not going to happen to me that's a common misconception too and we've seen study after study and surveys and basically right now it's more than one out of every three people it's almost two out of every three people will end up needing long-term care at some point so if you you or your spouse probably one of you at least will end up needing long-term care
1: well, and here's the, it, this is the thing, and, and you know I talk about it in the book, is when you're making a financial decision, it's got to start with this. What problem am I trying to solve? If you don't know what problem you're trying to solve, you're not going to get there. And if, and if you feel healthy, then you're like, I don't need insurance because I'm fine. There's no problem. <laughs> so what you need to think about is there's two really there's two problems that long term care will solve. And so the first one is long-term care will protect your nest egg because if you don't have any kind of long-term care insurance, then that means you don't have, you can't spend all your money. So you're going to have to live a little carefully in retirement out of fear because you don't know if you're going to need long-term care. And right. so you don't, you don't have permission to spend your money because you don't know if you're going to need it later. So that, that makes it right. a little more challenging. So it's protecting your, your nest egg. And then the second thing is um, long-term care gives you more control. And if you if you have that insurance, then you kind of get to decide as you start to need more help. You know, do you can you stay home and get an in-home health care person? Or uh, looking at what you're gonna do, because for some people I've seen it, Tony, where they haven't made a plan, you know, maybe they're just surviving spouse, so their their income got severely reduced because pensions went away, and they didn't plan. So the only thing left then is to sell the house and go on to Medicaid. And that's not a plan. Nobody wants to live like that. No, no. So long term care and doing the protection side of your um, financial planning, Tony, it's all about putting you in the driver's seat so that you get to control what's happening.
0: Right. Right. And I know that the traditional long term care insurance has been so expensive in the past and a lot of people don't like it. But uh, there are uh, some strategies and options uh, to help cover and prepare for long term care. There are other vehicles out there. I know that um, fixed index annuities that a lot of retirees use now for um, retirement uh, planning, uh, you can get riders, you know, there's a fee, but the rider will increase that amount each month if you need long term care to help cover it. So there are insurance, there are a number of newer insurance options to help with long term care. But, uh, you know, people, I think one thing, Tara, people think, well, the government, you know, uh, you said Medicare doesn't cover it, but people say, well, uh, m- you know, Medicaid or the government will kick in if I can't pay for it. But, um, that doesn't happen until you're completely broke, right? I right. mean, do you really, I mean, you have to spend down, they'll leave you with $2,000. And if you have a home, you can still keep your home. Otherwise that that's it. They'll take everything. And before that'll kick in.
1: Right. And, and that's the, that's the, so you, that's why it goes back to that operational risk management of, um, assessing okay what, what are the options what's the pros and cons of each option sure and then you know the hard part right is is none of us has that crystal ball <laughs> to right. know exactly what we're going to need <laughs> right because so, then it would be easy and so i always like to try to look at how can you be as prepared as possible but keep control of as much of your money as possible
0: yeah that's and huge
1: And that's why it actually has to, this is part of that conversation I like to have with people where we talk about building that momentum of your money and giving your money more than one job and and looking at how you want to do it because that way you make a choice about what's right for you based on a lot more understanding of what the options are. Sure. And 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 that's,
0: that's important.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in long-term care, is it's 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 no fun, but most people really need to start thinking about it in their fifties and sixties when you're healthy, because the way insurance works, good or bad, is is when you need it, it's not the time to get it
0: right yeah yeah you can't you can't wait uh the longer you wait the more it's actually going to cost you and people might not think that but uh you you really can't wait until you're almost needing it uh, to get it Uh, that's not going to work so uh yeah again it's part of the the overall plan it's just yet another piece in that puzzle well you know what there on that note we're out of time but let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you
1: Sure, Tony. So you can give Chris and I a call at 719-210-4242. It's 719-210-4242. If you want to take a look at your financial plan and make sure that you have that right balance between your offense and your defense, because you don't want to be one bad medical situation from having your whole retirement turned upside down.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, Thanks, Tara. And that does it for today's episode of Nolan Financial Radio with our host, Tara Nolan.
1: Join us again for another episode of Nolan Financial Radio. Take care and we'll talk with you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Nolan Financial Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Tara Nolan at Tara Nolan Advisory Services. Call 719-210-4242.